What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. I am Jenna, and I am 1,000 weeks pregnant, and my husband is pretty much certain that this podcast is going to send me into labor because I've been so excited about it for so long that I, you know, today could actually be the day for a couple different reasons, (laughs) but you guys are legitimately my last piece of recording before my quote-unquote maternity leave, and I've been talking to my belly all day. Like you got to stay in until five o'clock. Like, please, like, please stay with me here. Um, but today we have the absolute pleasure of having the ladies of the Undiet Collective, um, the creators of the short film, the Body Love Society, Lauren and Jenna, who are intuitive eating counselors who help women undiet by unlearning the diet mentality, practicing intuitive eating and changing the way you think about food movement and your body. They work with women from all over the world in their intuitive eating app called the Undiet Collective. And their goal for 2021 is to provide affordable, long-term quality support for anyone who wants to get out of that diet cycle for good. You guys also have a podcast and we are so thrilled that you're here. So thank you for being here today. Very excited to be here. Thank you. (laughs) So I know I gave a little intro, but tell us more about you two and where you are and how you work together to change the world. Yeah, so I am in Calgary, Alberta. This is Jenna, and Lauren and I met online, of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when I was doing an interview series just about undieting, getting out of dieting, and we were both doing this work, and we just got along, and four years later, we only worked together, and mm-hmm. we created the Body Love Society, and now the Undiet Collective, and this film that we have coming up February 1st called Behind the Before and After. Mm-hmm. So exciting. Yeah, we just kind of hit it off. So we're like, let's just do this. And we've been doing it ever since. We're just like, oh, we kind of, we like each other. Let's let, do you want to like maybe start something? And we're like, yeah. And then the next day it was like, should we call it like the Body Love Society? Yeah. Okay. Let's create a website. Let's do this. And that's how the business began. (laughs) Have you guys ever met in person? Yes, Yes, but we only met like like almost a year after working together and we've only met in person three times. That's really yeah. cool. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Hey, me and Jen have only met once in person as well. True. So the world of Instagram and virtual connections is absolutely incredible. I feel like I the know. connections get deeper though, because it's like, you know, everything about that person oh, yeah, <laughs> like before yeah. introducing yourself, right? Um, oh yeah. yeah. Well, as we were saying before we started recording, your mini- 
short film, short film, um, behind the before and after literally is going to break the internet. Um, our team of dietitian teams of dietitians, both with myself and with fine food freedom shared this post so many times. So many people sent it to us. I was literally like so excited to DM you guys started listening to your podcast and just love everything that you're saying. And the lineup of people that you have that have contributed to this film is incredible. So we would just love to know, you know, where you got the inspiration, what was like the push to say, let's do this, how you started it and got the incredible, um, resources and research. And, you know, if you're worried about Dr. Oz coming after you, tell me all the things. <laughs> I want to know. Well, good. That would be great publicity. So, you know. <laughs> the more people hate us, the better I would say. I agree with that statement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then the right people will find us. Yeah. Um, well, it really started, I mean, I kind of dragged Lauren along on this journey, but we're a partner and everything. So she was gung ho, but I think it really, the idea started, I always said, oh, one day I want to do a documentary because you see all those one on ones on Netflix about fasting and about keto and about being vegan is so great. And all these different diet documentaries. Well, where's the one that says, actually, none of that works. And so that was the first thing. But then the second thing that kind of sparked the before and after um, kind of angle of it is I'd always see like a Jenny Craig ad or Weight Watchers ad. I'm like, I bet that ad's a few years old. Like, where is that girl? And how can I, like, I wonder if I could find her and like interview these people who used to be like the poster person for this program. But obviously like it's five years later, they're probably not still like, yeah, it's amazing. I count my points every day and I will for the rest of my life. Like that's just not the story we ever hear. So I was like, it's so interesting once you've kind of seen the light out of the diet cycle and you realize, okay, like this doesn't work for anybody. So these people who say like, it's working for me. It's so amazing. You should buy it. Where are they now? what's really going on and then because I do not know how to locate people (laughs) from ads that have no name on them then we just started thinking about well who's publicly now sharing about body acceptance and body love who used to do that so I mean our biggest number one was um Sarah Nicole from the birds papaya I love her she like was on the cover of a magazine for losing half her body weight. And in the film, she says, yeah, okay, I did lose all that weight. And I was just as self-conscious as I was before. But you don't see that when she's posing on the front of a magazine. And it's obviously not her fault. She's just doing what the world tells her to do and, and buying into diet culture like the rest of us did. But it's just so interesting how, especially on mine we show one thing when you're in it you show one thing but what's really going on behind that those images is well we all do that it's also it's like yeah we're not Jenna and I aren't like the famous people but it's like we've had our own before and after picture and so is pretty much every single person we ever known who's been a dieter or who's been stuck in this world of dieting so it's just like it's like an unspoken thing that everybody knows that nobody really talks about because the after is just so smiley and so, so perfect and you're thinner and life is so much better, but we all know that's not the truth because we have our own before and after pictures. And I can tell you what was going on in my mind, um, in the after. So it's not the, basically we wanted to be able to show, does it matter what your body looks like? It's not going to solve all your problems. And that's why 
you know, Jenna was really on like, let's get like doctors in there because we need, we really wanted to be able to have like legitimacy. We, mm. of course, we think that we have some good things to say, but we know people will listen to somebody who probably has letters behind their name. So we made sure to get um, people who are, you know, influencers and people that, um, you know, they see Instagram and they're like, oh, I know that person. But then people who are like PhDs and people who know things about eating disorders, etc. So there's a lot of like sciencey, um, legitimate facts in there, but also like the, you know, the fun influencer people as well. It's amazing. I mean, the lineup I was, and Caroline Duner's intro in your trailer is just so powerful. I mean, she's dead on when she says they want you to be clients for life. Like Weight Watchers has lifetime memberships. Like I always tell my clients, like, I don't want you forever. I love you. I'd love to be your friend. But like, if I, if you're my client for life, like I am not doing my job. <laughs> like, I don't understand why, you know, that's their tagline to be a lifetime member. And I'm sure you guys hit on that as well. Something that I read recently was about, actually not recently, it was when the Jillian Michaels thing, like kind of exploded a little while ago. Um, Anna shaking her head because she knows Sammy. <laughs> Our Sammy did a whole episode solo about that. Went off, (laughs) but essentially, you know, looking up the Biggest Loser contestants five years later too. Like they, there was a couple studies on that, like where they are now, and you know, not only have they not maintained their weight loss, obviously, they're not mentally. Many of them, the reports were showing that they suffered some severe mental health issues and consequences after that. Does your video go into like the mental health aspect of dieting and you know what it does on our bodies well we did interview kai hibbard who was a past biggest loser contestant so she was really cool to talk to (laughs) and what's really interesting is she is in a thinner body now than she ever was but we do clarify in the film she shares that that's because she's ill she has lupus she has Mm. um a lot of health complications going on right now but nobody freaking cares they're like well you're thin so biggest loser must have worked it's like actually I'm sick so it's like we have that in there that like weight loss isn't always about diet and exercise and it's not always positive and we judge people's bodies based on that and yeah a ton of that ties into the mental health of binge eating and you're now obsessed with food and you're now body checking every freaking five minutes and And as you pursue changing your body, then you become more and more obsessed with your body and more obsessed with food. And really that message of like, it was never enough. Mm. And that is what we've heard like from thousands of people who we've worked with and from people that we've interviewed is like, okay, I was in the thinnest tone, most toned, smallest body of my life. And it still wasn't enough. And we've said that too throughout our life. You know, it was never enough for us because- Yes, we do this work um, and we're really passionate about it, but it's like, we lived this as well. We both went through this whole cycle for 10 years each and it really was never enough. And that's why I think that's the, the best thing that we have when we are working um, with women or creating things. It's like, we say this because we did this. It's not just mm-hmm. because we think this, it's we've felt it and we've lived through it as well. And, you know, science is cool, but I think that's pretty legit as well is having the experience behind it all. That's so true. I also think too, like just bringing up that point of like pursuing thinness at all costs, like that just like makes me sad that like people don't know that there's more than just that pursuit. And I think back to like when 
all those posts were coming out about Adele and people were commenting her on her weight loss that like that broke the internet, (laughs) didn't it? And I just think there's so much more to life. And I think just, it's so important to let people know that. And I love the name of the the short film of behind the before and after, because people don't realize the in-between of the before and the after. And I think it's so important. So I, I love it. We obviously can't wait if you can. (laughs) And I would love to hear you kind of both have hit on it. And I mean, I've shared my personal story many times over. I mean, I called myself recently, I used to be a diet culture dietitian because I was absolutely in it myself and was 100%, you know, just entrenched in diet culture. And the idea of not being enough was legitimately like how I lived my life, like for many, many years. And so, you know, I, I found my way at some point and I think all of us have a story, but I would love to hear more about each of yours. And, you know, were you always intuitive eating counselors? How did you find intuitive eating? And, you know, a little bit more about your personal journey. So that's so relatable. And our listeners love to hear these things because I think they can all connect with the experiences that we share. Like you said, letters are cool, but lived experience matters. Yeah, for sure. We're, but we're pretty weirdly similar. <laughs> like, when we met, we're like, who are you? Are you me? Yeah. But, um, uh, so both of us kind of for the same 10 years went through this. Um, for me at the peak as I was modeling overseas and still not enough. Like I was literally the girl in the magazine and I was still beating myself up. I was binge eating. I was um, just so obsessed. That's all I ever thought about was what I weighed, how to, what I looked like, what I was eating, how I was working out. That was all that mattered to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my second trip overseas, it just wasn't the same. Like the first, my first trip modeling overseas was really enjoyable. I met amazing people. It felt like a movie. It was, it kind of was that hype that like people say, Oh, if you're thin and pretty, you can have whatever you want and live the life. I did feel like I had that for a very, very short while. That's the thing is all these things are always short lived. Um, and then my second trip is just a lot more negativity, a lot of people poking and prodding you. It's never enough. Just didn't connect with the people I was living with in the same way. And I came home and I was like, Ugh, like, I can't, like, I'm done with that. Like my life can't be, I can't be under that um, intense of a microscope. Um, and then I came back home. I went back to school to become a school teacher. That was a big pivot in my journey, I think, because I realized like, oh, as a teacher, like, these kids do not care what I look like at all. <laughs> they care if I'm a good teacher. They care if I'm kind and loving and it's like little kids who I adore. And it really kind of brought me out of that funk of like, get over yourself. <laughs> what you look like is not your value. Um, and then slowly and surely I started realizing like I have never been happy for 10 years and I have been very thin and it still wasn't enough you know, you know, don't have the shape that's in style or you don't have, you can't build muscle here. And that's, what's cool now. And it's like, it's so narrowly prescribed that no one can fit into it perfectly. So if you're hunting for something, you're probably never going to hit that target. So I realized, okay, well, there hasn't been one minute where I'm like, ta-da, I did it. I'm here. This is what it was all for. Yay. Check. Now I can move on with my life. And I was like, okay, it hasn't happened yet. It's, I'm never going to land anywhere. It's just going to be this like treading water for the rest of my life. And I can't do it. I was so tired. And so I just started like, I mean, long, long journey and mental work and uh, figuring out how to eat again. But I just started being like, there's food there and I want to eat. I'm just going to eat it. And whatever happens, happens. And I started allowing that. 
And before even knowing like that body acceptance work and intuitive eating was a thing, I was just like, I'm going to start a business where I like teach people to be like cool with how they are. I thought I was like an innovator. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And then I found the book intuitive eating and I found all these other people doing it. I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't new. (laughs) But cool. I'll join in on this, on this movement. Um, And it was just so cool to realize like, oh yeah, this is a thing. And it is valid. Like, look, there's all these studies that show that diets do what it was doing to me. So I'm not weird. Like this is what everyone is experiencing. And then when you get to that side of freedom and it's like, oh my God, how have we not all been here from day one? This is silly to, to just be doing all that for nothing. So then I was so passionate about it. Um, and then as I was a teacher <laughs> subbing high school, I'd be like on my computer working on my new business. <laughs> How can I transition into this work that I love? And then, and then soon quit teaching and then now doing this for the past four years full time. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's very, very powerful. And that lived experience just shows like the depth of really where diet culture took you and like scraping your way out of it <laughs> and how mm-hmm. much happiness it's brought into your life and success is just incredible. Um, and so Lauren, your turn, tell us more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, I, I definitely went to the depths of hell with, with disordered eating. That's for sure. Um, yes, mine's, you know, pretty similar. I definitely was not a model overseas, but I went into that whole mindset of, you know, being in that same place started in high school for me. Um, it just, I got to a place of, I don't know, it was just, I don't feel like I'm worthy. And I remember the very specific moment that happened and I never ever cared about my weight, thought about my weight, did anything to diet up until that point. And then all of a sudden it was like, I don't feel worthy. Okay. Now that must mean something about my appearance. So, okay, I'm going to start a diet. So that was the first time I even thought of that. And then it was like, the second I got into that first diet and I saw that first like number on the scale go down, it was like such a high. And I was like, I'm good at this. So I'm going to be the best at this. And I'm going to get really insane with this and get very controlling and restrictive. And obviously there's probably a lot of stuff that going on like mentally, (laughs) that's not well, it's not just about my body and my weight. Probably it had nothing to do with that. It had something, something else. I probably needed to go see a therapist instead, but I didn't because, you know, I was in high school. That's, that's not cool. (laughs) So I got to a place where I just got obsessed with the way I looked and I got very, yeah, controlling, restrictive. I had always been an athlete my whole life. So that was definitely not a good, like, thing to do together, like naughty, and then go play 90 minute soccer games, probably not a good idea. Um, When you're younger, you can kind of get away with it a little bit, your body, I don't know, just powers through it. And it was okay. But I mean, it was very disordered. And I just got deeper and deeper in it. And I then I went off to college was still totally disordered, not free at all. My mind was constantly thinking about food. It was like, over exercising, you know, eating nothing and then playing, you know, soccer in college as well. And, you know, my body's getting to a place where it probably needs some, I don't know, fuel to be a college athlete. And so that was not a good four years for me. I mean, I got through it, but it was just like, my mind was constantly um, messed up. But it was like, on the outside, it was like, well, you're, you're going to college and you're playing soccer and like, that's great. Okay. 
it's like nobody really knew what was going on. So kind of got through that part of my life and I was still really messed up with food. And then instead of just like going into a place of, I can't do this anymore. It was like, I got even hit even harder out of college. Cause it was like, I graduated. So I'm no longer um, a student, which I've been in my whole life. I broke up with this person I'd been with for eight years. So I was like, now not with this person and single that I've never experienced. And then it was like, okay, you're an adult, go be an adult. Cause you just graduated, go figure out what you want to do. So it just left me and I'm like, I don't know anything. I don't know who I am. I am like completely just kind of fell deeply into like a darker place in my life. And that's like when all the trans- transition happened, like the story of like trying to find myself and, blah, 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 and like <laughs> self-love. And I got into that and it did, it, it boosted me up a little bit trying to find self-love. I didn't know what that, I didn't even know what the word meant. I would think I was like, 22 or 23 and some I heard I saw the word self-love and I was like what like I don't even <laughs> understand and that's like sad to not even understand what that word is but then I was like okay I think I need to start doing some of that stuff because I don't I think that's what I need so then I went on that little journey and simultaneously was like being a health coach obviously I'm gonna go help people with their weight because I was obsessed with mine so once I found the self-love journey and that personal growth, I started like shifting. I don't know, my like food and body started to shift. I didn't even, it wasn't like, okay, I, I'm going to be an intuitive eater. I didn't know what that was. I didn't, I didn't understand that term either. And so it just, for some reason, like the self-love and the self-worth started lifting. And then it was like, I started shifting the way I saw food in my body. And that's when the journey of like, oh, this intuitive eating thing. Oh, that's cool. I would rather do that stuff instead of be this health coach, which is really restrictive and diety. I want to shift that. So I shifted my business to more intuitive eating. And then, you know, then that started my own personal business. And then Jenna and I linked up and we're like, you know, rah, rah, let's do this together. And (laughs) here we are. And yeah, so kind of a Similar journey to, I'm sure most people have kind of gone through that little up and down, but you guys have covered everywhere from overseas modeling to athlete, (laughs) like college athlete and (laughs) how diet culture spans that entire lineup is crazy. But something we had on Victoria Garrick on our podcast a little while ago, and she shared a very similar sentiment to you when you were saying more in that, you know, after you graduate, and I know so many of our listeners are athletes and student athletes, like when you're no longer a student and you're no longer an athlete and you're trying to find yourself, like the disordered eating patterns are no longer quote unquote acceptable. While Cause when you're in sport, sometimes coaches oversee them or whatever it is. Now they just become like super apparent and people don't know what to do. And so thank you for sharing that, that, you know, we've normalized that in our society, like so many other things I'm sure you hit in the documentary that is just so not okay. (laughs) Yeah. I actually remember my high school soccer coach, I was like at the worst. And I remember we went to like breakfast, we were going to a game and we had breakfast first and it was like, I got something very minimal and was all scared to eat it. And I just remember he's like, wow you care so much about your sport. Like you're just so healthy. And I'm just like, yeah, for sure. But it was just like, you have, and I just remember certain, like some of the soccer moms would say how proud they were of me. 
because of like, I was just like, this is, you know, in that time I was like, yeah, exactly. This is exactly what I'm doing. Super healthy and you should be proud. But thinking now that I'm like an adult and can look back, it was like, wow, my coach and adults were telling me they were proud and I was doing a good job. So why would I think it was, why do I think I should go help myself? Right. That's such a great point. That's such a big part of my story too, is I look back and it makes me sick to my stomach thinking about how many people I can list off that either complimented me for things that were harming me to an extent that they had no idea. And I think so many people can relate to that too, of you could probably list so many people. I can probably do more than I can count my fingers, like so many. And it's, it makes me sad and also makes me just feel like I want to reach more people. And I know your story, Lauren, mine's very similar is going to reach people and make them feel not alone. Cause we can all say that we've had people that have complimented us for trying to pursue weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's so sad. It is really. Yeah. And that's a part in the film that we do discuss is like, yes, tell me more. Like <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. All the spoilers. But it's like, I mean, it's obvious stuff, but we put it together in a way that's nice to consume for 35 minutes for someone who might not get this work is like, Hey, mm-hmm. watch this fun, quick, like entertaining film. So instead of like, you know, reading a book, that's 300 pages to educate you on this, you can let, watch something and have it sink in a little bit more. But um, a whole part of it about like, of course, it's hard to quit when people are saying, you're so amazing. Oh my gosh, you look so good. Oh my gosh, you're so, where'd that waist come from? Oh my God, you look so good. What are you doing? Tell me what you're doing. And like, no one cares if it's healthy. No one cares if you're happy. No one cares if you're having an eating disorder. They just care that you're thin and yay for you. So No questions asked. Just tell me the good stuff. And so, and hopefully getting that out to more people then they'll stop complimenting people and making such a fuss about weight loss. And then that person is getting less and less praise for it. And then maybe they'll see it more quickly. Like, Oh wait, this is not a healthy place to be. It's so I'm, I'm, I I hope everybody understands how excited I am about this. But um, with that said, I also think it's so important that people hear this from so many different places. I mean, we talk about this message constantly. I did a whole podcast episode about how when I was literally like dying, like I was not well, I had no period for many years, like very, very frail, all the things I've, I've my, our listeners have heard this before, but, um, I was being praised at the gym. Like, Oh my God, your body goals. Like, no. And I was like, thank you. Like what's next. Right. And like, it's that fucked up brain cycle that like, just keeps going. And it's like, okay, I need to hear this. That was like my energy, right. was like hearing those compliments and that was your food. Yes. And yeah. if they stopped, it was like, what am I doing wrong? Who is taking, who's taking the crown? Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's not okay. And that like is a perpetual cycle that is really hard to break. And so what I always tell people is like, you need to hear this message from a million different people. Like you need to hear it a bunch of different ways until you hear it. Um, And I think that your video is going to do that for people. Cause you're right. Like we live in a society where TikToks that are 15 seconds go viral, but if they're a minute, they get a view like, because a minute is too long to watch. Right. So I think that what you're saying is so dead on that there's amazing resources out there, but so many people have not read the intuitive eating book because it's 300 pages, right? (laughs) But they will watch a video for 35 minutes with some of these incredible people on it. And hopefully at 
even just like start the process of you know, plant those seeds. That's all we can yeah. do. Yeah. And really tried. We really tried to touch on getting, you know, make the film as diverse as possible. Of course, we couldn't control who said yes to us. Um, but just the fact that there's all like there's a lot of diversity within the film and everybody's saying the same thing mm. basically is it it kind of just goes to show you that it doesn't matter what body type you have if somebody was in a larger body or a smaller body everybody's was saying the same exact thing so it really it shows you that it's not about the weight and it never was and never will be and hopefully through this film we can get people to stop pursuing weight loss but that doesn't mean to stop pursuing feeling good in your body and to doing things that make you feel good and make you feel happy. So there's a difference. There's a difference between dieting and weight obsession and having wellness without the obsession. I love that. Perfect. (laughs) Well, before we tell everybody where they can watch the video and where they can find you guys, we always like to have like a little bit of a, a theme of each episode. And Anna and I were looking through all of your podcast episodes before, and we absolutely loved the episode that you guys have done about balance. And so I'm going to share diet culture. Jenna's old tagline used to be balanced as fuck. And so I think that this one hits home to me like so well. And I, you know, it's funny because balance, I think in the the sense of the diet culture world is really fucked up or messed up, sorry, forked up. Um, (laughs) But it is something that's really misunderstood because you'll see a lot of dietitians and health professionals using that to promote quote unquote mindful eating or whatever the case may be. And it's a really confusing topic. What I love about your podcast also is that you guys put such a great description in each episode in the show notes. Um, And so I would love to hear, we will, everybody needs to go listen to this episode, but if you could share just like a little perspective on why balance is BS, we would love to hear that. Well, I think the the pe- reason people want balance is like, of course, yes. If someone says don't diet and you think you're going to eat donuts and pizza every day for the rest of your life, nobody wants that truly. Like your taste buds don't want that. Your body doesn't want that. Like you also don't want to eat only kale for the rest of your life. Like nobody wants to eat either of those ways. And so, yes, the idea of like having it all is beautiful. And that's what this work does. But the quote unquote balance only comes when you let go of trying to control it. Mm. It only comes when you surrender and just say, I'm just going to eat what feels good and what looks good. And I'm just going to eat and move on with my day. And at the end of the week, the end of the month, you look back, you go, oh, wow, I've eaten all the food groups. I've genuinely wanted that salad. And I genuinely wanted that donut. That smoothie was great. That pizza was great. Cool. Look at me. I'm eating all the foods. It doesn't mean... Well, every 24 hours, I eat this many vegetables and this many, and I have one small dessert. Like that's the balance that like, that, that dieting uses and that people who aren't truly in this work use to kind of sway you into thinking they're different. Mm -hmm. Oh, be balanced. You can still have desserts. Like, well, of course you can, you can do whatever you want. You're a grown ass woman. (laughs) There's no rules, but the balance does come just for people who are like, oh, but it's scary. I'm just going to eat this one eat far this one direction my whole life it's like no letting that pendulum kind of just flow and like when we we do talk about balance in a positive way but we always say it's not like a balanced beam it's like Mm -hmm. ebb and flow it's it's oh some weeks I don't eat many vegetables some weeks I'll eat lots and in the summer I'll eat more fresh fruit and in the winter I'll eat more warm soup like 
that's just life. But if you try to find balance, you try to create balance, you try to control anything, it just backfires. Hmm. Yeah. Forcing balance is just dieting. That's just what it is. Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) Good one. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, Jenna basically said, you know, we usually say when like one, the other person speaking, it's just like, those are our words anyway. Like, <laughs> speak for me. It doesn't really matter because we have like the same brain, same it. minds. You guys same are thoughts. meant to be. <laughs> we really were. <laughs> so yeah. So I would say Jenna touched on all the points about what that episode was about and what balance is to us. And we really, it it's hard to even say the word balance because we don't want people to look at it through the lens of like dieting balance because intuitive eating isn't about just finding balance. It's, it's much more than that. It's almost not even part of the equation. It's, it's something that just happens. Like a side effect. Yeah. It's something that just happens naturally. I've never been more balanced in my life, but I have, I did not pursue balance and I did not try to be balanced. It just happens. And it really is that, that ebb and flow. Like it's not straight in the middle. It's that we love that we we love that word we use ebb and flow like with everything that we do <laughs> and I love how you put it in this um in the show notes here that but when you pursue balance it's forced it's fake it's a diet it's still mm-hmm. rules there's still shoulds um mm-hmm. and I think that that's going to be a big like moment for many of our listeners because you don't realize sometimes how many rules you actually live by when you're in this that world, right? Like you don't really recognize how, you know, I think Sam and I have talked about it in past episodes, like people will use terms like flexible dieting, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and say that it's also intuitive eating or food freedom, right? But like, wait, what? (laughs) Like how do those two things work together? But the way that you put that there, there's still shoulds, like you should be doing something and that guilt and shame connected to the should um, is really the stress that's being put on your body that you can't actually achieve balance with those things. So Mm -hmm. that's a really great episode for everybody listening. That's episode 133 of the how to love your body podcast. And just, there's so much goodness in there that I think would be a great compliment to this episode. that's so good. I remember too, somebody asked me like, so you want to be a dietitian? So what does that mean for you? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to help people like be balanced, just be healthier, you know, but then they came back and said, oh, so you're going to help people lose weight. And it's almost like when you say that word balance, like it's an unspoken, like it's still the pursuit of weight loss per se. Like you're still tying your worth to that. But that was like the first aha moment that I had when somebody said, oh, so you're going to help people lose weight. In my head, I was like, I didn't say anything to them because I was thrown off. But in my head, I was like, no, like that's that's not what I want to do. So like that was way before like I'd found intuitive eating and everything. But a part of me knew back then it was like that pursuit of quote unquote balance and like helping people lose weight. Like that's not really going to help people. Like I I want to dig deeper. So and I think mm-hmm. Lauren or Jen, I don't remember one of you mentioned that kind of in your story is like you like just found it like intuitive eating and listening to your body self-love without even like the pursuit of it it just kind of came like naturally when you finally started to accept yourself so I told Jenna this before we started airing but I was like like what the hell does balance even mean like, <laughs> just remove it from the vocabulary please because it just makes me 
makes me mad. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, there's a and lot of nuances. Exactly. And that's a lot of what kind of the retaliation we get of, not retaliation, but like the oh, argument I'm sure. It's like, well I'm, just, well, I'm just trying to be healthy. Well, I'm just going to be balanced. Well, mm-hmm. I want to be this. It's like, that's all still the same crap with a different label. Yeah. Like so good. True surrender of like, I'm just going to eat food and be a normal person and just carry on with my life and have food be a small part of my life instead of the focus of my life. That doesn't mean you don't eat fruit and vegetables, but it does mean there's no, literally no shoulds. Like I can without guilt, worry or anything, just eat chocolate all day. But my body does not want that (laughs) because I can have chocolate whenever I want. I truly understand that I do not want that. Mm. But if you're like, well, I got to be balanced. You might think you want more tons of chocolate all the time. But because you're saying, okay, I can have this amount at the end of the day for my dessert. It's like, it's just so interesting. Even when you're trying to be balanced, you think it's sensible. You think it's common sense. You think it's um, healthy, being healthier. Like all these words, really, like you said, there's no definition. Okay, what's healthier to you? What's healthier to him? What is balanced to you? What's balanced to her? It's all going to be different. So if that's your goal is something that's like unmeasurable, you will never reach it and you'll always feel like you're failing and it'll never be good enough. There's um, that enough mentality coming yeah. back in. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to like throw like a little wrench in this episode. Yes, because let's do be, it. Well, let's be <laughs> honest. It's like the only reason people want to be balanced is so they could either control their weight or lose yeah. weight or do the other, do anything. So that's the core of this, which we all know, which is the core of fat phobia. It's like, yes. we're all living in fear of, of fat. And that's, that's yeah. the problem here. Because if that, if fat phobia didn't exist, None I don't think would anybody here. would be obsessed with being balanced. They wouldn't give a shit. They would just be like, I'm just going to eat what I want. And everybody would probably just be intuitive if fat phobia didn't exist. Yes. And Sammy, I forget who said this, but Sammy says it all the time. She always says, if diet culture didn't exist, intuitive eating would literally just be eating. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, we need the label. Right? Yeah. I think there's so many ways that we could take this. And I, it's just the, the real truth is that the sad truth, I should say, is that everybody feels very much the need to be connected to a label, mm-hmm. right? And the unfortunate thing about diet culture is that you find these pods, right? Keto warriors and Weight Watchers champs and all of these like subgroups of each quote unquote diet that provide this support heavy air quotes, um, that makes you feel normal for taking part in these ridiculous rules. Like, don't even get me started on the whole 30, like their support groups are absolutely absurd. I think I've blocked all of their accounts because I can't look at it. Um, but you know, the thing that people don't understand and why I'm so excited about, you know, sharing this episode with our audience and cannot wait to watch this video, but there is support in the anti-diet space, but people don't understand how to find it to some extent still. Mm. Um, and it doesn't, it hasn't been normalized yet to the extent that it needs to be. And you guys are literally creating waves in the field to help more people see this. I mean, I think your video had like 300,000 views in like a day. Like it, that is what the response that it needs. And this is something that needs to continue to grow and just change the world. So the work you're doing matters and we are so grateful for it. Um, 
with all of that said, where can people watch it and when and tell them how to find you guys and all of the goodness that you're putting out there? My um, co-dietitian in my practice literally sent this to me and was like, have you seen this? <laughs> like, I can't wait to watch. She sent it to all of her clients. Um, we like couldn't be more excited about it. That's awesome. Well, you did a perfect segue there because like you say, there's no like mainstream support groups well you can watch the film on the undiet collective it is a new app coming february 1st um and uh, like the, obviously the film is free there's resources on there that are free um but there is a paid community membership um and that is just uh, a huge support group live coaching monthly workshops support to do this work long term because um like you kind of shared in our intro there are tons of courses out there. There's a lot out there to do like, hey, really in depth, like six weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks and working with one-on-one -on -one people is so great. But what do you do the other like weeks of the year or the other hours in the day if you see a dietitian one hour a week, where's the support apart from that? And so that's what the app is really about is just seven days a week, 365 days a year, have something at your fingertips to ask questions, to get support, to be with peers doing the same work. Um, to get coaching from intuitive eating counselors so that it does feel normalized, like you said. Um, and that is where the film will be released on February 1st. There is also a uh, web version. So if someone doesn't have a smartphone or doesn't want to watch it on the app, um, there's also a website where you can go and it's like the app online. So amazing. Oh, and where can everybody find you guys, stalk you guys on social media? <laughs> However, yes. we want to share personal or business pages. Um, we love to stalk our guests. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are the bodyloveSociety.com and we're also at the Body Love Society on Instagram. And we also, if you guys are very interested in the app, we have the Undiet Collective Instagram as well. And that's where you can really learn a lot more about it, how to use it, how to do it, what's coming out, all the things. So you can follow both of those either of them whatever but that's where you can find us we're always there on instagram that's for your sure. social media is amazing i was telling jenna before i was like i want to know like who's like behind it like who's the brains or the creative person is it both of you like i it's beautiful i, I literally <laughs> go back and forth i do a day then it's lauren's day then it's my day then it's lauren's day yeah, so it's just a, i love switch it. off so you yeah, two really yeah. are the same person. Yeah, <laughs> we, we flow as one. We I just, I it. just like speak in we now. I'm not even an I anymore. It's just like we. That's the truest <laughs> statement ever with social media right there. And when I do say like, when I have a story of my own where it's like, oh, well, this is me. I like try to, I spin Jenna in any way. Cause it's like, it's just like too weird to just talk about like one person because that, and I think that's why we do so well with what we do is because we are always a we. It just, that's just what it is. That's, it doesn't matter who does what we do a lot of 50, 50 work in this, in this work, in this business, but it doesn't matter who's doing what it's always a, we in a partnership. So I think that's also nice in this, in the world that we, the work that we do. Yeah, we're going against the entire culture. So See, I we, need, we need a partner in this madness. <laughs> I yeah. was going to say it is true women supporting women and just taking down the, <laughs> diet culture from its roots and it's an amazing thing so thank you guys for all of the work that you do thank, thank you for you so hopping much. on with us and sharing your time and everybody get ready to watch behind the before and after Jenna, we need to do rapid fire 
Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I forgot. We almost forgot. Come on. <laughs> because it'll be the ending here. Let's pick like three. We'll do four. We'll go back and forth, Anna. Let's do it. Food focus. I'm just going to go with you guys. Just say what comes to your mind. Would you rather crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. Yeah, you're going to be divided because you were about. To I mean, crunchy. I know, but this is, you know, what my thought process was. Oh, we've been buying crunchy, but <laughs> yes, I like crunchy, but we buy the natural kind just because that's the kind I genuinely prefer. And lately, it hasn't been oily enough, so I can't spread it on the toast. And so now we've been buying smooth, and I can spread it really nice. So I'm going with smooth. <laughs> and actually, smooth, smooth because the kids have to have smooth, so we got to just. Oh go with smooth. yes. <laughs> All right, Anna, you're up. <laughs> Okay, so let's see. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Hello. You clearly oh, yeah. don't follow that Our people. Let's go. <laughs> That's the best one ever. Jenna and I, yeah, we're just the coffee. Coffee, coffee people. My newest favorite that I came up with the other day is pancakes or waffles because I never really realized people really have a preference. Well, I mean, no, it's waffles, interesting. But... Neither for me. Yeah. Okay. I don't French toast. I... French toast. I'll do that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing in something on the French end. I'm celiac, so like none of that really excites me. But okay. um, but pizza. I would, yeah, pizza. <laughs> we'll take whatever that. you say. I choose pizza. Yeah, done. All right, one more final one, Anna. Hit it home. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, hard shell or soft shell taco? Soft. Hard. Yeah, we divided you guys. Well, it's weird. Like Jenna and I, it's like it's sometimes it's like almost uh, opposites attract sometimes. Yes. And I feel like yes. we always have to get all all realms. So we both do, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, okay. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you greatly and cannot wait for everybody to watch this incredible movie. Thank you. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig inspiring kid confidence.